Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Whether you're in your garden or hiking through the woods, we have you covered. Call now with your outdoor questions. In Appleton, call 281-1150 or outside the valley, 866-887-1150. From the Myron Construction Studio of WHBY, it's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. Brought to you by Dimensions Living Appleton. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Welcome into Focus Fox Valley and Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. I'm Haley Tenpass, and we are so glad you have joined us on a beautiful Friday in December. A reminder that the phone lines, the text lines, emails, all available for you to contribute to the hour with questions or comments. You can call 920-281-1150, that number also working for texting on the Settler's Best Credit Union talk and text line or email the studio simply by going to whby.com and clicking email the studio. Plenty of ways to connect with us. We hope you consider doing so here today. Of course, we love when Rob is here and able to share his adventures and knowledge with us. So good morning, Rob. How are you today? Good morning. I'm wonderful. How's your week been? Oh my gosh, it's been an incredible week. We'll have to talk all about it. Well, so much going on. Let's oh just go gosh. right into it then. What's yeah. what's been up oh. with you this week? Well, it, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, you probably know there was an incredible meteor shower this week. It's actually still happening. The Geminids, they were at their peak the other night, uh, and it was just spectacular. I went out like three or four times just basically stepping out the back door, and the amount of meteors just streaking through the skies overhead uh, was just incredible. And a lot of people saw the northern lights that night, too. There was a little little geomagnetic storm, and we had a good northern light show, too. I've even seen pictures from as far south as um, Prairie du Chien and Madison. Um, so they were seen pretty far south. And some really, some of the best shots I saw were right here in Black Creek. Uh, someone posted some amazing photos, Oconto, Manitowoc, all, and, of course, further north. But uh, lots from pretty far south the other night. And uh, with the activity on the sun, they say the next several days could be good for northern lights, too. But it looks like we're going to be pretty cloudy today, tomorrow, and maybe Sunday night also. But watch for details on that. Check some of your space weather um, websites and apps for that information. I always post it on my page, too, which is Rob Zimmer Outdoors. When there's going to be a good show, I tend to post it on there. Um, but yeah, so just a beautiful week. And the weather, of course, you know, during the day has been amazing. Also, 50s we were at this week, supposed to be 45 today and tomorrow. Um, just gorgeous. So lots of rare birds showing up they're going to talk about. I just had an alert that a Baltimore Oriole is in Wisconsin. So you might want to put out some fruit chunks or some suet that has fruit chunks in it or throw out some orange slices or something just in case. Because if there's one that someone got lucky enough to spot, there's probably more. So Baltimore Orioles are still sticking around. And lots of other cool rare birds showed up this week, too, mm-hmm. that I'll talk about. Um, and then my top 10 list I'm going to talk about today, 10 uh, Christmas gift ideas for bird lovers and lots of other stuff I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about some of the birds of prey of winter. Of course, we have the bald eagles coming in um, over the next month or so. And, of 
course, every year, Bald Eagle Days. Um, Eagle Days on the Fox River at Thousand Islands. We'll talk about some of that type of information. Houseplant of the Week, all sorts of other stuff today. Wonderful. <laughs> Your mention, though, of rare birds leads to a really great question we received by email from Tim, oh. the email guy. Okay. We, Tim is great about asking some really wonderful questions. And here's his question for today. Can birds' feeding habits predict the weather. It seems that there is an increase in feeding birds at times uh, rather than normal. Chickadees are antisocial. They always fly in, grab a seed, fly the cedars, and come back for, an- <laughs> for another. <laughs> yep. yep. And they're they're actually pretty smart. They're actually what they're doing is they're preparing the, a lot of the seeds that chickadees, nuthatches too, um, and some of the other birds. A lot of the the seeds that they're taking, they're not taking to eat. They're taking to kind of store them in the bark crevices and crannies that so they can go back later and get them. Kind of like squirrels do when they cache their nuts and and acorns and stuff. A lot of the food that the chickadees come and take, they're not eating immediately. They're actually going and hiding it out in the woods so they can go get it later. So it's kind of a smart behavior. Behavior um, on that case, but yeah, the bird feeder bird feeder activity does increase before um, storms. Whether it's a thunderstorm in the summer or a snowstorm in the winter, they tend to flock in and feed up and stuff themselves really good, just in case they have to um, rest for a couple days. You know, birds like not just the songbirds, but even waterfowl like geese and other and cranes and other birds, they can stock up and store um, a lot of energy, a lot of food before a big storm comes. And then uh, you may have seen, you know, in the middle of winter when we get below zero temperatures and you see geese huddled on the river with their necks down and tucked in, that's because they fattened up and fed up really good uh, so that they can sit for a few days, you know, several days if they have to, without feeding during really bad weather. So they definitely do. They can sense things like the air pressure, you know, they can feel lower pressure coming in um, and they can sense that kind of stuff, humidity, Um, And they know when a storm's coming and they will fatten up before a storm. And sometimes during one, you know, if if, if a lot of people see really increased bird activity during heavy snow. So great question. It's a great question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What should we be putting out? And we click this especially because it is so mild. Yeah, it's been warm. So they're finding a lot of natural food sources out there, but um, it depends what you want to attract too. If you want like some of the goldfinches and red poles and pine siskins, use the, the niger seed, the thistle seed, the little black, little th- tiny things. Put them in a sock feeder or a mesh feeder or a tube feeder. Um, that feeds all of the finches. They love that. Um, sunflower seeds for your cardinals and other birds. Black oil sunflower seed is like the number one source of food for all birds so that will work really good if you want um to just to um distract some of the pest birds like house sparrows and stuff put out the striped sunflower seed because those are too big for them but the cardinals love this the striped sunflower seed um suet obviously too is great for everything this time of year because it, it when it does get cold um it has that extra fat content and then a lot of the suet cakes come with you know peanuts or cherries or mealworms you know built right in or mixed right in so different types of birds are attracted to those so suet's really good to have this time of year too and corn and corn and peanuts yep anything kind of high fat so basically all that stuff basically anything except the cheap bird seed like don't go to the the dollar store and buy you know the bird seed mix that's full of millet and and little stuff that just goes to waste buy the you know the good bird seed like from wild bird and backyard or, or one of those places that have specific mixes that you know, it's almost like a trail mix for humans. It has like dried cranberries and peanuts and 
all sorts of good stuff in there. So. Well, what you've described is like it, earlier though, it just reminded me of a, a trail mix for birds, yeah, right? It is. And yep. it, we, mm-hmm. if it's good enough for human consumption, it's mm-hmm. definitely good for birds. Yeah. Too, and so. right now, because it's so warm, I would put out like sliced up oranges or watermelon chunks or, you know, just cut up fruit, apples and stuff. Just toss them on the ground because there are, you know, like I said, there's at least one Oriole in Wisconsin. There's a lot of robins out there still, a lot of bluebirds, um, a lot of those birds, house finches even, the little red finches, they love fruit. So the more fruit you can put out, the better too. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. 920-281-1150 is the number. Rob, have you ever considered buying or creating one of those hats that has a little platform that you can put mm, bird seed on I've and then those. you have a camera <laughs> that hopefully captures the birds landing right in front yeah. of your eyes. I've, I've seen those. They, and there's there's all kinds of videos and stuff on there. On there. They are they are a thing. There are products you can buy. I don't think I have the patience for it. You know, even though I'm in the woods really? every day, all day, I can't sit still. I'm always got to be moving. And I think, I mean, if I was a person who could literally sit there for hours on a porch or patio, which you, you, there are people who can, you know, they work. Um, but you have to kind of train the birds to come in, you know, get them used to it. But uh, and, and there's hummingbird feeders like that, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but How they fun. are they are fun. But I don't think I could do it because I can't sit still. I have to be constantly moving. So. Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe for another time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I'm older. <laughs> maybe. All right. We'll take a short break. And hopefully some questions coming in from listeners. 920-281-1150 is that number. Otherwise, Rob's got plenty to talk about, including... Uh, rare birds that are in the area. We've got a top 10 list today. There's so much happening. It's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer, and you're listening to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Haley Ten Pass with Rob Zimmer here today. You are welcome to join as well. 920-281-1150 is that number on the Settlers Best Credit Union talk and text line. One thing that's changed from the last time we were together, Rob, our family finally did get our Christmas tree. So, Oh, good. Yes. Good. It smells real really good, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind did you get? Do you know? We got a Christmas tree. Oh. <laughs> that smells good. It smells really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. you know, good. one of those. One of those. One of the regular ones. Is it decorated too? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> By many uh, l- little hands. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those Which are the, the best. best. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Rob, I think, is going to chat with us about some rare birds. Uh, this time of year, you might not realize just how many of our feathered friends are finding comfort in our yards and our trees at our feeders and you might be surprised mm-hmm. and in our waterways too a lot of cool yes. ocean birds have been showing up and we still have a few stragglers from down south showing up and a lot of cool songbirds uh, we've had birds from out west move in we've had birds from down south move up we have had birds from way up north in the tundra move down um, all sorts of things happening this week and uh, as if you've been listening to the show the last you know six or eight months seems like we have something new every week and we have some new birds this week that showed up in wisconsin that are pretty amazing um down at devil's lake state park and i posted this on my facebook page also uh, there's been a few actually three or four rare birds that have shown up there 
so it's worth it to go down there, explore the trails at Devil's Lake. There's been um, a really amazing bird called a gray-crowned rosy finch, which is pretty much exactly what it what it sounds like. It's a it's a finch, kind of like a house finch, a red finch, but um, its chest and head are kind of like a, a a brownish color, and it has a gray crown on the top of the head of his head, a little gray cap. At least the male does, and this was a male. Um, so a gray-crowned rosy finch has been seen at, at um, Devil's Lake, feeding right along the trails on some of the, the weed seeds, just like our regular finches do. Uh, some smart, you know, um, birder who was out there hiking found this bird and posted it all over the Internet. So hundreds of people have been coming from all around the Midwest to go see this bird. It's a very rare bird for our area. So it's a gray-crowned rosy finch. Um, another bird that's been showing up there is from way out west in, you know, the Dakotas. Uh, I see them a lot when I go to the Badlands and, and out that way. Um, it's called a Townsend's Solitaire. Solitaire like the game that you play. That's actually a thrush. It's a member of the robin family, the bluebird family. It's a beautiful kind of gray colored bird with a, a, a beautiful white ring around its eye. Um, so like all the thrushes, it has a very distinct song. You know, robins, bluebirds, all the wood thrushes, veeries, they all have very distinct musical songs. And the Townsend Solitaire uh, has a very distinct song too, and people have been hearing it there at, at um, Devil's Lake. They actually show up there every year. For some reason, they come just like varied thrush and some of the, the hummingbirds we've been talking about earlier this month. Uh, they come from out west. They drift east across the Mississippi River and they're pretty reliable at Devil's Lake. I don't think they're actually breeding there. They just come there to spend the winter. But they're beautiful birds, and I've seen, people are seeing as many as four of them there. So it sounds like mom and dad brought some some young birds with them or something. Uh, the other rare bird that's being seen at Devil's Lake is a golden eagle. So there's been a couple of golden eagles seen there, too. Those are bigger than bald eagles. They're gorgeous birds with kind of golden shoulders. Um, Sometimes people confuse them for immature bald eagles, but the bald eagle is more speckled brown and white, whereas the golden eagle is a pure, you know, dark chocolatey brown with those um, golden highlights on their shoulders. So those are some rare birds that have been seen in Wisconsin. I just saw, uh, if you listen at the beginning of the show, I just got an alert this morning or right when the show started that a Baltimore Oriole has been seen down uh, around the Janesville area. So there's a Baltimore Oriole either still here or it came back. And when I was in Kentucky a few weeks ago, I saw lots of Baltimore Orioles down there. So I don't know if this one kind of drifted back north with the, with the south winds we've had the other day or if it's one that's just been here all the while and someone just found it. So put some fruit out at your bird feeders just in case. Throw some orange slices or watermelon chunks or whatever. Uh, because there is at least one Baltimore Oriole still in Wisconsin. The other one is the limpkin. You know, if you've been listening to the show all year, we've been talking about the limpkins, with our, which are southern birds from, you know, Louisiana, Florida, uh, Mississippi area. Um, there is still one being seen. Uh, for a long time, there was one being seen at Sensible Wildlife Area, actually two. Um, and I saw just, uh, I think it was yesterday, it was seen in the Peshtigo uh, State Wildlife Area, the Peshtigo Harbor. So there is still at least one limpkin around. Um, lots of northern birds coming down too. There's harlequin ducks. If, if you follow my page, I've been posting pictures of harlequin ducks almost every day from Manitowoc. There's four of them that have been hanging there right around the marina there in Manitowoc. Um, as well as Sheboygan, I just saw a picture today of one in um, Sturgeon Bay, a really nice, beautiful harlequin duck. So they're still around, or they're around. 
they'll stay all winter. And a Pacific loon, which is another northern species or northwestern species, not like our loons at all. It's a really pretty bird with kind of a silver and red, maroonish red head. Um, and it's a little bit smaller than our common loons, but a Pacific loon is being seen. And then there's some northern birds like evening grosbeaks, red crossbills, and other birds from way up north in the boreal forest that are coming down, snow buntings. Um, I haven't seen any reports yet of snowy owls, so uh, probably because of the warm weather and the lack of snow, they're still up north where they're probably finding plenty of food up there uh, in the tundra. But I haven't seen any reports yet of snowy owls around here locally, uh, but they could show up any day. They usually show up about November 1st, so they're a little late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the rare birds that are being seen every day. There's more and more added. Um, it is also Christmas bird count season. We talked a lot about the Christmas bird count last week on the show. So if you want some more information, listen to that podcast. But it, the, the period for the Christmas bird count is from December 14th to January 5th. And there's hundreds of different what they call count circles, which are 15-mile diameter circles uh, throughout the state. Uh, and you can go to audubon.org. Or just Google Christmas bird count, and you'll take it. You'll be taken to their website, where you can click on a map of all the different count areas, and you can see um, if our count circle or wherever you live, if your count circle needs people to count. Uh, and I'll tell you, most of them do. I think there's only like two in Wisconsin that are full, so all of the counters are looking for help in Wisconsin. And you can just click on that circle; it will give you the contact name and email of a person that you can sign up with. You don't have to be an expert bird watcher. You don't have to really even know. What you're doing they'll help you and they'll just uh, help you identify birds and they'll give you access to um, apps that they use to help identify birds and you just get out there and count what you see and how many um, and report it so if you're interested in doing that go to the audubon um, christmas bird count website click on wisconsin or click on the map click on zoom in to wisconsin and find out all the count circles and decide which one is closest to you that you want to participate in you can even do it right from home you can sit outside your window and watch the birds out at your feeder and report them in perfect mm-hmm. wow that's a lot of birds it is it is bird season. It is bird season. <laughs> I think you might be surprised that it's that active in mm-hmm. December, but we shouldn't be. And we should be right. remi- reminding ourselves to put out, you mm-hmm. know, some, some food for them and yep. welcome them in this December. Yep. Yeah. And even the even the, the typical birds like the sandhill cranes and the geese and stuff, there are still thousands of Canada geese and probably thousands of cranes still in the area too. I just posted again on my Facebook page. Um, it was a memory from, I think, six or eight years ago where I was at Horicon and there were like 3,000 sandhill cranes there. Uh, so December 14th, I mean, we're right in the middle of the month. There's still plenty of birds out there. When I was um, photographing the harlequin ducks in Manitowoc, there's literally thousands of Canada geese there along the shore because the it's water's cool. open. There's cool. there, there's plenty for them to eat. Um, so pretty cool. And lots of other birds, too. There's, there were bald eagles flying all over, kestrels, all kinds of diving ducks. There's a long-tailed duck there, which is a beautiful, another ocean or sea duck that comes here just like the harlequin duck so there's a lot of birds out there okay we're going to take a short break if you're seeing some birds out there call us today 920-281-1150 is that number we'll have more of rob around the corner but right now how about a peek into the midwest garden here's rob's second day of christmas my true love came to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree on the fourth day of Christmas, the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five, five golden rings. rings. 
Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer, part of Focus Fox Valley on WHB. Why not? Why not uh, bring in a song that talks all about those birds? <laughs> so many of them. There's Geese so many. and swans and partridges. Yeah, and, yeah. And, all kinds of birds. and partridges. Geese? Yeah, all of them. Oh, I said that right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zimmer here with me. Of course, you can join the conversation too. 920-281-1150 is that number. You know, Rob, I've been seeing some comments uh, around social media. Some folks a little worried, um, but I'm, I have a feeling you've got uh, a way to ease their concerns. But with the warmth we've had, some buds popping up oh, yeah. on different uh, plants and things out there. Why not a cause for concern? Yeah, I wouldn't be concerned. You know, if you're if you follow my page again, which you should, Rob's and Outdoors on Facebook, I've been posting pictures of skunk cabbage emerging in, in wetlands, um, pussy willows blooming at High Cliff and, and other places, there, uh, and trees especially. A lot of the trees already have their buds out this time of year anyway. It's just that a lot of people aren't there looking for them. Trees, normally, as soon as they drop their leaves, they've got new buds coming. And if you look at your maples or beech trees or birches, or um, I was just, in fact, this morning looking at some of the pagoda dogwoods at High Cliff, they're full of buds already. And they always are. That's typically, that's normal for this time of year. Magnolias for spring already have huge furry buds out. even some of the perennials, like I was just talking about, or I'm going to talk about, roses. Uh, this week, I saw roses still in bloom in Wisconsin. I mean, right here in the Fox Valley, there's still roses blooming. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that later in the show if I have time, too. Um, a lot of the shrubs, you know, even some perennials I saw. Uh, again, if you follow my page, I posted dandelions in, in full bloom this week, earlier in the week. Um, and I've seen um, still pansies and marigolds and yarrow and all sorts of stuff still blooming. So um, it's just that the ground not frozen yet nothing's frozen those buds they're meant to be out this time of year anyway you know usually january february is when people really start to notice them but those buds are supposed to be here they're not gonna freeze off they're not gonna you know unless we get super super cold which we shouldn't if anything's blooming those might freeze off but um, the only things that i've talked about that should be blooming aren't really affected by that anyway um if you remember last month or the month before in, in October and early November, we had irises blooming right here at WHPY and yeah. Haley cut them off and brought them in because we had a particular cold night coming in. So, and that's typically normal of some of the reblooming irises and others. There were lilacs still blooming in November. Um, it's normal this time of year. I think people tend to freak out more than they should. Uh, even when I posted the skunk cabbage, I had people all over, all over Facebook, you know, it's too early, it's too early. No, it's not too early. That's the That skunk cabbage typically sends up its new shoots this time of year into January. I've actually posted them in bloom on January 1st down in the Kettle Moraine. So I think people just, if people got out more into the woods, like I'm out in the woods every day, so I see this stuff all the time, year after year after year, and it's nothing new. I've been I've been on my Facebook page now 12, 15 years, and every year about this time I'm posting stuff in bud and bloom. So um, that's just it's just nature. Um, yeah. There are still marsh marigolds in bloom uh, in November at in the Kettle Moraine. So don't freak out about it. Don't worry about it. Your plants are a lot smarter than uh, you think they are, and, and Mother Nature um, she knows what she's doing. So. Which also brings a point up that if the ground is totally not frozen, you mm-hmm. still can toss some bulbs in oh, the ground yeah. if, if you, you wanted find bulbs, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of garden centers right now have bulbs. Uh, really, like I think, I think I've seen 75 to 90% off. So you can get a lot of, you know, there might not be a huge selection. You might just get like red tulips and yellow daffodils, but it's a great time to buy bulbs and get out there and dig them in um, for the, the spring season. Um, on that note, I did want to talk about 
Um, if you have your roses and butterfly bushes and stuff, you know, a lot of people, like when we got cold in October, they went out there and covered everything up and mulched everything like, like you know, like they normally do. But if you have roses and other flowering shrubs like butterfly bushes and stuff covered up or burlapped or under cones and stuff um, or piled full of mulch and leaves and stuff, you may want to go out and start ripping some of that mulch and leaves and, and burlap and stuff off of them for a few weeks because it's been way too warm. And I know last year there were people who covered up their, their hydrangeas, you know, some of the endless summers and things like that way too early. And then we had, if you remember last year, we were kind of this, in the same boat. We had a really warm December. We had a green Christmas and it was so warm, you know, it was 45 to 50. And some of those roses and hydrangeas and stuff literally baked in that mulch. So, uh, it's too early, really. A lot of those flowering shrubs, the roses, the hydrangeas, butterfly bushes, they really don't need to be covered or protected until we get like below zero um, and until the ground freezes solid, which we haven't really seen yet. So if you have roses, butterfly bushes, hydrangeas that are covered up and mulched or piled full of leaves, you may want to go out there and pull some of that off for a couple of weeks because it looks like next week and the week after we're still really not going to get too cold. Um, so really, you know, check around Christmas time and see if we have any below zero weather coming. But uh, it's as it, funny as it sounds, it's really too early to have those shrubs covered up. So just a helpful hint, hint because I saw last spring um, when a lot of people took their leaves and mulch and stuff off of their roses and hydrangeas, they were pretty much dead because they mm. literally baked uh, because it was too warm in December. So really none of those shrubs should be covered up until we get a good hard freeze and uh, air temperatures, you know, below, at least below like 10 degrees or so, which we haven't seen yet. All right. We'll roll with, we'll roll with what we have, yep. right? And yep. uh, all I that. I just want to protect your plants. Yes. <laughs> the protecting from the unprotecting to the, yeah, it's just <laughs> funny. It's just funny. All right. Uh, 920-281-1150 is that number. Uh, what else are we talking about here t- here today, Rob? We've got um, some I do time have, for our next break. Do we? Okay. Then I think I'm going to talk about my house plant of the week. If I can. Yep. House plant of the week. So this week is kind of an unusual one, but if you're a, a, a long time house plant lover, um, this might be a favorite of yours. I actually get a lot of questions from people wanting to know where to find this plant. So um, if you know, if you've been following house plant of the week, it was kind of inspired by one of my trips to water farms in Nina, which is like house plant capital of Wisconsin, east of the Mississippi river. Uh, but they have this plant. It's called the strawberry begonia. And a lot of, uh, I don't want to say elderly people, but a lot of longtime gardeners may be familiar with that plant. It was a traditional favorite way back when, you know, it, even even waters themselves, Brian there, he, he calls it a grandma plant. And there's a lot of those kind of grandma plant. Strawberry begonia is a gorgeous little plant. It's not... Um, it's not as technically a begonia, but it kind of looks like when the leaves and the little kind of spindly flowers look like begonia flowers, but it's almost like a spider plant. It's got smallish leaves that are kind of silver and green, and then it makes like a strawberry plant. It hangs down runners or a spider plant. It makes down uh, makes runners that you can actually snip off and plant too. Um, it's been grown for decades. I mean, people used to grow this plant all the time, and that's why I get a lot of questions on it, people looking for it. Um, it's not a particularly like um, vibrant, colorful plant, but it's such a cool little, um, almost like a gimmick plant that people love so much with its, with its red threads that hang down, whoops, red threads that hang down and its little miniature plants that, that grow off of it. Um, 
it is kind of a, you don't want to let it go dry. It's a plant that likes a lot of moisture. It likes to be fairly consistently moist. Uh, if it dries out, um, even just for a day, it can wither away and it's very hard to get to come back. So make sure whether you hang it or have it in a pot that you're watering it um, frequently or at least checking the moisture frequently at least um, especially during the winter when our homes tend to be so dry because of our furnaces and stuff that are on. Um, you can mist it every once in a while too, but make sure you water it frequently or keep it very um, consistently moist. It was a wildly popular plant back in the 1930s through the 70s uh, because it's very easy to grow. It is a beautiful little plant. The undersides of the leaves are kind of pink. It's got that strawberry pink color, which is where it gets its name from, plus the fact that it grows on runners like strawberry plants too. So um, check out the strawberry begonias if you if you have trouble finding them again water farms and Nina has them for you there it's, it's just a fun kind of a traditional gift plant that people um, are looking for again it's coming yeah. back like a lot of the old-time plants so that's strawberry begonia it's pretty um, it is gorgeous you're looking at it mm -hmm. yeah isn't it cute it's very cute yeah. it does look like a strawberry plant it does mm -hmm. it really does the saddest thing happened, though, today. Speaking of plants, Rob, my oh, no. sweet little baby girl was in her high chair, and it was too close to the uh, tabletop where I keep my plants. <gasps> and she grabbed a hold of my piece, Lily, oh, and no. pulled, uh -huh. and it fell on the floor and shattered. Oh, the plant is still fine. I need fine. I need to find a new space a for new it. A new pot for new it. new pot for it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, peace lilies are hard to kill. People just grow them. They take them out of their pot it's and throw really them in the aquarium to kill this full of water. One. Yeah, I've had this one for years. Oh, yeah. And But she grabbed a hold of that. She was so excited oh, no. and just plop on the ground. It's a big one? Decent. I've, I've split it over the years, yeah. and, and it's it was in its latest split. <laughs> so a little smaller, but still. I liked it. Now you I, can split it again. <laughs> I know. I really loved the the pot that it was oh, in, though. So that's yeah. what's yeah. Sometimes the containers make the the yeah. arrangement. Anyways. Know. Not to, to bring a, a downer to yeah. the hour here, but <laughs> that happened today. Oh, anyways. Oh. Yeah, peace always are fun too, especially this time of year, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas and peace and everything. And yeah. There's some beautiful, you know, there's the common ones, but there's some kind of rare peace lily varieties out there too, like variegated ones and uh, all sorts of different kinds. Here's a question for the listeners. Who has a Christmas cactus in bloom right now? Yes. I'd love to hear that. 920-281-1150 yeah. is the number. Yeah. We do need to take a break though. Okay. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll do that. And Rob's going to come back with his top 10 list. If you have a Christmas cactus in bloom, let us know. And we'll have our final segment here in just a moment. Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer, part of Focus Fox Valley and WHBY. Received a great question from Dave during our commercial break as we were talking about kind of unmulching mm -hmm. <laughs> or uncovering our, some, our, of, some of our plants with the warmer weather. <laughs> Dave had a question about unmulching his garlic, wondering um, what the procedure should be there mm -hmm. garlic i wouldn't worry too much about um, i was referring more to some of the flowering shrubs that are um marginally hardy here like some of the hybrid roses and some of the like the endless summer hydrangeas and butterfly bushes that aren't really reliably hardy here and um because it's been so warm they're still trying to bloom they're still trying to grow uh, and if they're not 
uncovered, you know, if you covered them too early, they're just going to bake underneath that mulch. Garlic you're fine with. If you've got it covered with straw or leaves or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Garlic is more of, it's obviously a herbaceous plant, um, and it might try to sprout a little bit. Um, it looks like it's cooling down a little bit next week. I see upper 30s and then cold at night. So you should be fine with your garlic. Um, I wouldn't uncover that. I would let the leaves and or straw or whatever you put over it protect that and keep that. If it gets if it gets exposed to too much light uh, and the, the soil thaws out too much, it might start to grow, which really isn't a problem for garlic because, uh, in fact, I was out in the woods today seeing, if you're on my Facebook page, I posted all sorts of greenery that was out there in the woods that I, I teased I could make a wild salad. Actually, I was serious. Uh, there's garlic mustard <laughs> you out would there. Too. There's, yeah. yeah, I would too. There's catnip, there's motherwort, there's garlic mustard, all sorts of stuff. But um, garlic, like our wild leeks, it's, it's perfectly... Um, used to this type of weather, I would just leave it under the leaves just like Mother Nature does. Okay. We're going to squeeze in another call here. We have John on the line. Good morning, John. You're on the air with Rob Zimmer. Hi. Just a comment from yesterday. I went for a walk along the Bay of Green Bay, and I actually saw what looked like uh, uh, lake flies hatching. I saw, you know, two little groups of them. Yep. So anyways, I just wanted to say what the warmer weather will do. Yes. Thank you. Yep. And and that's true. I've been seeing lots of little, um, similar to lake flies, they're little midges out in the woods, um, swarms of them actually, like they're still flying around. And that's good for some of the, the little songbirds like chickadees and winter wrens and nuthatches and stuff. They love those little flies that are out there. But yeah, I believe it along the water. There, there's been lots of midges. Um, I've seen winter crane flies in the woods. Um, so there are lots of insects that are still out there. There's even some late flying moths that are still out there, some wow. little brown moths flying around. So, uh, yeah, it, that, it was in the 50s, and that's plenty plenty of warmth for those bugs to emerge, and they feed a lot of other insects, or a lot of they, bugs, and they feed a lot of birds. Wow. All right, let's get mm-hmm. to that top 10 list. We're running yes. out of time here. Oh, gosh. Top 10 list. Today it's going to be 10 gift ideas for bird lovers. So if you have a bird lover on your list, these are 10 ideas um, to give for for the holidays in no particular order. First one is binoculars. Of course, every bird lover loves binoculars. I often get asked what my favorite type of binoculars are. You know, there's so many newer high-tech binoculars that are like straight or um, they're, they're compact, they're tiny. I still like, my favorite are still the old-fashioned, you know, wide-angle binoculars that you can get at, you know, Fleet Farmer Menards. Those are still the best type of binoculars. Same with cameras. People tend to get binoculars that are almost too strong, and that way if you even wiggle a little bit, you lose your focus. So just get the old-fashioned 7x35, old-fashioned black, you know, metal or whatever binoculars with the wide um, lenses uh, from Fleet Farm or Menards for, you know, $20, $30. That's the best kind. Uh, The next one is bird field guides for our area. There are a lot of more and more nice new field guides for the Midwest, for Wisconsin. You don't want to get a national one because you're going to see lots of birds in there that you'll never see here in Wisconsin, but get a good birds of Wisconsin field guide or birds of the Midwest field guide uh, for them, especially if they're beginners. They would love to have that to look through and compare the birds that they're seeing. outside in their yard or on their trips. Uh, another one is get a, feel, a bird watching hike with me. I have these on my Facebook page. I do private nature hikes and bird watching hikes. Uh, you get a package of three. So contact me either through my Facebook page or by email and 
uh, I'll get you set up and we can go bird watching, either you or your recipient. Um, bird feeders and bird seed. There's lots of different types of bird seeders out there. Bird feeders, you know, you get the, the tube style ones, the hopper feeders, um, whatever, the platform feeders, whatever kind, and then some seed to go along with it. A heated bird bath. If we ever do get cold, a heated bird bath is a great idea for a, a, a bird lover because the birds can come to that bird bath all winter long. Uh, we talked about this before, a state park admission sticker. One of the best things to give a bird watcher is a state park admission sticker because they can travel all over the state, go to any state park they want, and look for birds there uh, in all the different habitats. Hummingbird and Oriole feeders. Those are another great suggestion. Um, again, we do have Orioles here right now, so <laughs> check those out. Suet cakes, lots of them. Native wildflower seeds to grow for birds. Give them a membership to an area bird club, such as the Oshkosh Bird Club, the Northeast Wisconsin Bird Club, and the Bay Area Bird Club uh, up in Green Bay. So those are all great gift suggestion ideas for bird lovers. I love that. And to wrap up our hour, Karen has sent us the most beautiful picture of oh, her Karen, Christmas. Oh, of, of her uh, Hundreds her, of blossoms, it looks like. She says her sister's pride and joy. joy just oh. gorgeous. It is, it. it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Kind of a corally pink color. Yes. Love it. Thanks for sharing, Karen. And some great, great questions and comments here today. So thank you, listeners. Rob, thank you as well. Thank you. See All you right. next week. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Focus Fox Valley on the way. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.